we're only asking you to pay $10 and the actual meal is $25 and the church is paying the rest and this is our one time a year that we are asking for a whole body to be a part of this because it is going to be a good time for us to be together at this Christmas season. I know we all have our family things but uh, we're giving you notice on the 15th to be a part of this dinner because it's really, really good. Everybody likes Maggiano's food. We had it last year and we had such a great time. All right. At this time, you know, we, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. And we know that it's a time for families to be together. Everybody talks about the turkey uh, and what you're going to have for dinner. But I want to read you something that it's a, a proclamation from our, our very first president of George Washington. This type is very, very small, so I hope I can read it all. <laughs> it's okay. I think I can go through. Whereas it is the day of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to Im improve his protection and favor. And whereas both hopes of Congress have met their just committee, requested me to commend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceable to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, and that will be. That we may then all unite a re rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation for the signal and meaningful services in the favorable interposition of his providence, which we experience in the course and conclusion of the late war for the great degree of tranquility, union, plenty, which we have since enjoyed, for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitution of government for our safety and happiness and particularly the nation one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty for which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge and in general for all the great and various favors which he hath been placed for comfort upon us. 
and also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to our national and other transgressions to enable us all, whether in public or private stationary, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereign nations such as we have shown kindness unto us and to bless them with good government peace and concord to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue in the increase of science among them and generally to great Unto all man, uh, grant unto all mankind such a decree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows best to be. Give under my hand at the city of New York this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789, George Washington. So that's what thanksgiving is really about is being so grateful for this awesome land of freedom that we have and to be a blessing to others and to be grateful for what this great nation has given us and so happy thanksgiving to each and every one of you here this morning and happy thanksgiving to you our internet audience our that are viewing this webcast, we wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving. And to God, we give him all the glory. Amen, Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Is everybody blessed today? Amen. Well, I'll tell you, I'm blessed and I want to be a blessing. Amen. I believe that's what we should do is we should be a blessing when God blesses us. And even when we hadn't got the blessing, go ahead and bless somebody anyway. Yes. Well, it's good that you're here. And thank you uh, for reading that this morning. And I just pray that you will have a great Thanksgiving. But, you know, let me just say something here before we begin. You know, last Sunday I started off by talking about how fragile life is. And too many times I think myself included, we take life for granted. And we need to understand that it's just a breath away. It's just a breath away and from, from leaving this world. And you know, I told you, uh, I, I told the internet audience, I, I just finished a book here a few weeks ago and um, took me quite a while to get this book just the way I wanted it. But I've had a friend I've known him, he pastors a church in Blairsville, Georgia. I've spoken there a number of times and always he's asking me to come and I've had him on the internet by Skype a few times. But um, I've known him since he was a little boy. And, uh, you know, he used to come to my, my tent meetings with his dad <clears throat> and he was a little boy. Well, <clears throat> obviously he grew up and got married and married a very beautiful, wonderful lady. And she was editing my book and had done two chapters. She, matter of fact, she had won awards for being 
one of the best uh, editors in some, some category. I don't know what it was. But anyway, um, on the 13th of November, I got an email from her describing some things about the book. And then she said, you know, for the last couple of days, I've really been having a hard time. I'm having a hard time breathing. My chest hurts. This hurts. That hurts. And my husband, they, they were, he, he took her away just to get her away from things. But they had time to come back home. And she said, I couldn't even walk. He got a wheelchair and um, took me to the car. And so she was back home when she was sending me the email. <clears throat> but anyway, she was just talking to me. And so uh, I was talking about how fragile life is. And she's, she's, not, she's not an old lady. She's, she's uh, young in my, my book. Anyway, uh, uh, this past Sunday morning... Uh, he decided to take her to a hospital or she wanted to go, whichever. And they went to the one hospital and they said, we can't. She had been to a walk-in clinic and the walk-in clinic gave her antibiotics, but there was much more going on. And then they took her to a hospital where they lived and then they air-flighted her to Gainesville, Georgia. But when they got there, it was too late and she was having, been having a heart attack all that week. And she went home to be with the Lord last Sunday. And so, David, would you uh, just show her a picture there? She's a lady that was editing my book. They pastored a church, and her husband's still pastoring. And this is Thanksgiving. So uh, Thanksgiving for everyone is not a glorious time, especially when you lose a loved one or something happens. So we need to be aware when we're celebrating Thanksgiving, that there are those that's having a hard time with Thanksgiving because it's a time that we normally celebrate with family and different things. So always remember, whether it's Christmas, New Year's, Mother's Day, whatever it is, somebody somewhere is hurting and we need to do our part to remember them and pray for them that God will increase them and help them during their time of need. Can I say amen? amen. Uh, also, I want to, us to pray for, we prayed Tuesday night, and I want us to pray that God will give Asa Dockery strength. He's got three sons, <clears throat> and I, I think two of them are married. But uh, let's just pray that God will help that church too, because she was, she was the backbone of a lot of things at the church. She was the administrator, and of course she was always correcting Pastor Ace's documents that he was uh, sending everywhere, and they were so well connected in their community with all the, uh, they were so respected with uh, the government, and many government officials would come there and speak in their church and etc. But I want us to pray, and you and the internet audience, just pray with us too, that God will touch Asa, his family, and World Harvest Church in Blairsville, Georgia. Father, today we come into the throne room of grace and we pray for uh, Asa Dockery. And we know now that Debbie is in heaven. She's there with you. But Lord, it's good for her because you said, blessed are those that die in the Lord. And Debbie died in your presence and in you, Lord. She loved you. And she's, she's there now. But Lord, you know what it's like because you sent your son Jesus to live here. And he, was, he lived through the emotion and things that people go through. 
So, Father, we just ask that you will send your word to Asa, his sons, to Earl Harvest Church in Blairsville, Georgia. You will minister to them in a very special way today. Give them the strength and the courage to be able to walk through anything they have to walk through. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Well, uh, you know, every Sunday... I, I believe it's good that we not come together just to be coming together, but come together and worship the Lord with all of our heart as we did this morning. Appreciate you doing that. And I think they kind of got lost in the spirit up here on the platform this morning, and which was okay. No problem with that. I like it when they really get caught out in the spirit and, and uh, all of them, all three of them. But anyway, uh, we come to church to not just be there and do our duty, but we come to worship in spirit and in truth and hear the word. And I often tell people, I said it last Sunday, if, if the only time you get the scriptures when, you in, when you're in church, you, you can't grow, you can't, you can't increase, and you need the scriptures in your life, not only on Sunday, but you need to keep them a part of your life throughout the week. Amen? <clears throat> so this morning... I'm, I've taken a title. I, I, I hope I can. I hope I can communicate with you what's really in my heart. But you know, I want to talk about how much the present has to do with the future. So your present and your future is actually my title. But so many times, you know, we got different things that happens in the present. You know, some people they don't plan and they don't make plans for the future. But I believe we should live right today. But I think we should also make plans for the future. But I want to start off our reading today from Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And this is the Apostle Paul saying, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now he said, I forget the past, but I'm also living in the present. He didn't say it that way, but he said, I am reaching for what's ahead. Now, when do you reach for what's ahead? You reach for it today. Now, by no means do I count myself an expert in life, in the scriptures, or anything like that, but I've learned to keep focused on God's word as I live by faith. See, if you don't keep focused on God's word, you won't live, you won't live by faith. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews uh, uh, 11.6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he is a rewarder and a rewarder to them that will what? Diligently seek him. So we don't, we're, we're not uh, told in the scripture to diligently seek him just when we have needs. But he said diligently pursue him. Go after him. Love him. Serve him. So 
As I said, I'm not an expert, but I do understand as I live by faith, I've got to stay focused on the Word of God. The Word of God is not just the book or something you hear about when you come to church. This should be your very life. See, I understand Satan desires to get you and me off track today so that he could stop our future blessings and what God has in store for us. I look back at our life. And I see things that Satan brought in or things that happened. And those things that happened really were to stop our future. See, you've got to look at it this way. that One of the things that Satan does, he's always, he's always looking for a way to try to stop you today so that you won't have the future that God has planned for you. And, and I'm amazed. I'm amazed sometimes at the people that let the things of today get them bogged down to where they don't live today like it's the, the, the last day of your life. I just mentioned Debbie Dockery. Debbie Dockery had no idea that she was going to be leaving this earth. So we don't know when that's going to happen, but we, we need to be ready. Now, I'll say the same thing for you, you know. You must stay focused on the promise and not the problem and how you feel. Now, last week I said if you're on an airplane and you get into turbulence, you don't get off. Right? When you're on an airplane, if you're in a turbulence, you don't get off. What do you do? You, you buckle up, make sure you're buckled up. And, and then you start praying for the pilot. Lord, let him be able to, the pilots, let him be able to take us through the storm. And, and Lord, help me uh, uh, to be okay. You know, I remember one time I was flying one of my airplanes. I was flying a twin-engine um, turboprop uh, plane. And I was flying from Dallas to Alabama, a little town in Alabama. And uh, I'll never forget, I, had, I was actually coming from Mexico, and I had to stop here in Dallas. This was way before we lived here. And I landed at Love Field, and we had to spend the night because there was what we call a squall line. And maybe you might not understand that, but there was a squall line, and my airplane uh, would only reach about 23,000 square uh, high, 23,000 foot. Uh, that's all my pressurization would work for and my engines could produce. So the squall line started at a lower altitude and went higher so I couldn't get over it. So I had to spend the night. Well, it moved on and it was moving east. So I got up the next morning and watched the weather very close. And finally, um, I got in the airplane and, and uh, uh, we, we took off, <clears throat> and it had passed, but it had not totally passed from where my destination was. But I knew it was moving, and I knew how long it was going to take me to get there. Well, when I got to Huntsville, Alabama, I was still on the back side. Well, I'm telling you, I've been in a lot of turbulence. And, of course, I had the airplane on autopilot, but it would not stay. I mean, I was... Uh, I was buckled as tight as I could buckle. I was uh, watching my instruments as much as I could, keeping altitude as much as I could, doing everything just right. But I mean, there was so much turbulence. But you know what? I didn't get out of the airplane. 
See, why? I, I just feel like the example of last week needs to be repeated this week. Why, when we get turbulence, do we, we, we not do what we needed to do? I've been trained of what to do, so all I knew to do was to hold still, and of course I contacted center and told them where I was. Of course they knew where I was and they was keeping in touch with me. And I said, this is 5051 Echo. Uh, I met so and so, they said, yeah, we have you right here. And I said, uh, what's the reports on this squall line and this turbulence? And they said, well, you're just on the back end of it. If you can hang in there five more minutes, you're gonna be okay. If you can hang in there five more minutes, you're going to be okay. Well, sometimes that's all you need to do. It's five more minutes. Somebody said, no, not me. Mine's five years. <laughs> well, you know what? It may seem like five years, but you just got to hang on. Amen? You know, when we, um, uh, when, when, when we take a trip on the airlines, you know, I, I don't want to be critical of the airlines. It's just, the fa it's just there's so many of them now. Uh, I mean, there's so many millions of people traveling every day, uh, and these are machines, and there's weather, and we see right now all the weather going on, and I'm feeling bad for all the people that's going to be traveling on Thanksgiving, both in cars and airplanes. But you know what? Uh, on the airplane, they give you uh, a time of departure and a time of arrival which very seldom ever happens anymore <laughs> now I fly I have flown a lot not near as much as I used to but you know uh, uh, <laughs> when I think about this you know when I go I, I usually never make plans for the day of arrival because many times I've done that and didn't arrive So, how is it we can live in a practical world and understand things happen in a practical world and there's nothing that we can do about it and there's no way we can change it, but when it comes to our spiritual life, somehow we want to put God on the shelf, get mad at Him and get mad at people around us and say, well, you know, I'm having all these problems and I, I just don't understand why this is happening because I go to church, I love God, I love people, I pray, I do this. Well, you just wasting your breath and wasting your thoughts when you say that because you don't do that on the plane you just kind of wait out the storm with the pilots well why don't we walk through the storm today amen see uh, as I talk about the planes the same is true the same is true with the turbulence of life. And you should not give up today. You should not give up today because of what you're experiencing. See, today is very important. I'm going to be talking a little more about that. And I said something similar. I've changed this a little bit uh, from last week. But every, every attack, every trial, every test, affliction, and setback is nothing more than the enemy trying to keep you from possessing what God has for your future. Keep believing God. Keep a good attitude. Don't give up. And get weary. Stay focused on God's word. And you will reach your destination. And get what you're praying for. Yes. 
Now let me just read that last part again. Keep believing God. Keep a good attitude. Remember I said when I was flying the airplane and I was in the turbulence, uh, it was very, very hard to keep the right attitude in the airplane. And most people don't realize how much attitudes in the airplane has got to do with performance. And so our, our attitude has a lot to do with our performance. You know, some people can't keep a job because of their attitude. Some people never get promoted on a job because of their attitude. Other people get promoted because of their attitude. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, keep, keep a good attitude. Don't give up and get weary. Stay focused on God's word and you'll reach your destination and get what you're praying for. See, if you keep your hope in God, not just the end results... When you don't see the end results when you want to, if your hope is in God, you don't get weary, you don't give up because your hope's in God, not the destination. Now, I'm going to heaven, but my hope is not in the destination. My hope is in God to take me to my destination. See, we, we get it wrong many times. You know, we get our goals, we get our dreams. When We must have goals, we must have dreams. But some people are only looking forward to the dream and looking forward to the goals, but the, the hope we have, the word that we have, the life that we live today is what guides us to where we're going, just like in the airplane. All of the, I mean, you know, I used to fly down in the Caribbean, and, and I used to fly in South, uh, Central and South America, and at my, my own airplane going to meetings. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, you just sit there for hours on autopilot, and sometimes it's just smooth sailing, and you can see for miles and miles and miles, especially sitting up in the cockpit. But you know, there's other times when I flew, I was flying strictly by instruments. It was, I was in the clouds I couldn't see anything and I'm just having to trust every instrument on that airplane to, to make sure I'm get because I can't see I can't see I mean I got a windshield but I can't see out see out because it's all fogged up we're in the clouds you know what you get in the clouds sometimes sometimes you can't see but the only thing you can see is what the Word of God says. Greater is He that's within you than he that's within the world. <laughs> Somebody say thank you, Jesus. See, keep expecting good things to happen in the midst of the storm. See, let me go back one more time and then I'll leave it. But I, I, I sitting in that airplane when I, you know, had a little button and a headset, of course, had a little button on the, on the wheel and I'd just talk to center. And, you know, you, when you're flying, you have ground, ground control, you have tower, then you have departure control, and then they put you on center. Uh, and the center is once you're out of the city, out of the, the big traffic area, then they've got a group that will uh, monitor you as you go along and give you vectors. Sometimes they'll say, uh, they would say, it, depending on whichever airplane I was fly, flying, 5005E uh, Echo, uh, they would say, uh, would you change headings? We got traffic coming at so so would you change headings and could you maybe sometimes they would ask me to, to, to go up a certain altitude or go down a certain altitude so that's what 
they, they would give me vectors. And I had to trust what they said. Yes. Now, we have to trust. See, I couldn't see the plane coming. But when they told me I had traffic coming, then I had to believe what they said and I would make the corrections that I needed to make so that I wouldn't crash into the airplane that was coming towards me. Folks, we got the word of God to take us through anything and everything, no matter how bad or, or how disheartening it may be. God will take us through. See, keep expecting good things. Well, in the airplane when I was in Huntsville, I was, I was expecting any moment for that wind to stop and for me to have smooth sailing again. You know, it, it took about five or six minutes before I got out of the, the turbulence, but boy, whenever it passed by and, and there was no more turbulence and I was on smooth sailing, it was a lot better. But you know what? I want to go back to what I said five minutes ago. I didn't try to get out of the airplane. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Now, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.13, he said, I have believed and I have spoken. And last week I said, one of the things that we really need to watch uh, is our words. And you know, I talked about bad language and things that people use. But our words is really something we need to watch and make sure today, this moment, every day, that our words are in, in agreement with what we are believing God for. If our words are saying one thing and our, our prayer is another, which one is God supposed to believe? If our words are one thing and our prayers are one thing, which one do you want God to act on? Do you want him to act on, on your prayers or your negative words? You know, your present, your present has so much to do with your future. The seed you sow today will be what you reap in your future. See, it's a spiritual law. And the spiritual law we read in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, we know most of the time, we know when we sow a seed today. We sow that seed today. But we know it's a time before it harvests. But why do we sow a seed? Why do we sow a seed? It's because, uh, let's say a vegetable or a fruit or something, we sow that seed so that we, we will have something, a fruit or a vegetable from the seed we sow. But if you don't sow the seed, you have no plant. So again, today is the day you sow your seeds. Now, I'm not just talking about offerings and tithe. I will talk about that in a minute. But you know what? Sometimes we forget that everything we do is a seed. So today is the day to plant seeds. Somebody said, well, I already planted. Plant some more. See, every day, your words, your thoughts, your actions, your deeds, everything you do is a seed. So remember how important today is. Is anybody with me today? Yes. Now, God is a giver, and he's the greatest giver of all. And a little over 2,000 years ago, he gave Jesus. And then Jesus gave his life as a seed, and you and I are reaping the results of the seeds that, 
the Father and Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Is anybody here? See, being a giver today, be a giver today is not only important today. See, it's good to be a giver today. But your gift today, as I just said, your gift today, and I'm saying any day, I'm not just saying this Sunday, I'm not preparing you for an offering, so don't get, get nervous and grab hold of your wallet, or you that's watching, don't turn me off, because I'm not about to ask you for, for an offering. But uh, being, being a giver is not only important today, but it has to do with your future. What you give today has to do with the harvest you will reap in the future. But if you don't sow anything today, you don't have any harvest for the future. Or whatever you sow is whatever harvest you will have. So it's important. But you know, I'm amazed at the amount of Christians that do not tithe and give. You'd be surprised as a pastor. You know, I very seldom look over the list because I don't really want to know who gives and who doesn't. But you know, uh, there's been a few times for reasons I've looked at a, a, a something. That, but I, I, I never treat anybody any differently that don't tithe and the ones that do tithe. Because I know they're the ones that's responsible and I'm not responsible for what they do or they don't do. Are you with me now? Yeah. See, Pastor Sharon and I, when we got married... You know, I've told you many times, she was 17, I was 19. But we made an adult decision. We made an adult decision that we would be tithers and we would be givers. And you know, I say this not braggingly but humbly, we never changed. We tithed when we didn't have it to tithe. When, you know, when I say we didn't have it, when it was so small... You know, it was so small, I don't even know how we made it, but we tithed. And now, today, 57 years later, we still tithe. And you know, it's never been difficult once I made the decision, once we made the decision, it's never been difficult to tithe on little or much. See, some people, it's easy when they have little for them to tithe. But when they have much, it gets a little harder for them. You know, I told you, I think I told you about a gentleman who used to come to our church over in Tennessee. And, and when he started, you know, his, it was really rough. They didn't have much money and he'd tie. But, you know, after he was making millions, he said, you know, he called me pasture. He come in one day and he said, pasture? He said, you know, uh, it wasn't hard for me to tithe when 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 we were just making a little bit of money he said but now that we're making millions he said it, it, it's it's really more difficult for me to tithe I said I'll tell you what I'll just pray that the Lord takes you back to where you were he said oh pastor pastor don't say that I said well you're the one who brought the subject up See, it shouldn't be harder for you to tithe when you have more. It should be easier for you to tithe when you have more. One of the things that we have learned is to give the first part of our day, the first part of our week for worship, the first part of our income, no matter how large or how small it may be. 
And once again, as I, I, I want to repeat, some people, as long as it's little, it's easy, but as it begins to grow, it gets harder and harder. Let me, let me just show you uh, a, a little illustration of what I'm talking about here. Uh, Barbara, if you can uh, bring these up here, I want to show everybody something here. Uh, I, I, I just want to demonstrate something to you. And... Uh, Yeah, yeah, this is looking good. Now, I'll tell you, this is Barbara's favorite right here, sweet potato pie. That was my daddy's favorite. Okay, okay, I got some papers. No, I'm, I'm good now. I'm good. Uh, just bear with me a minute here. I, I, I should have probably had somebody up here helping me, but anyway, let me, let me just show you something. Uh, we all get a pie. See, your pie may not be as large as somebody else's pie. But it's still, still your pie. You know, I saw some, when I was getting in there, I saw some pies that was really big, you know. But I, I didn't need the big one for what I was going to do. But here's a whole pie. Here's a whole pie. Everybody see this whole pie? Well, you know what? I'm going to compare this to our income. This pie, I'm going to compare it to our income. Well, you know, what some people do, the first thing they do, which side do I use of this? The serrated one. I didn't know this. I didn't know there was a serrated one. What is the serrated one? This side. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway. Thank you there. See, that's why she won't let me help cook at home. <laughs> I didn't know which one was the serrated side. Anyway, what we do with our pie is we, we uh, man, that's kind of want a taste of that. We pay our rent or our house payment. How many understand what I'm talking about? I, I, I'm, I'm making a mess up here, but uh, it's the thought that counts. You're right. The first part's always the hardest. The first one's always the hardest. Well, I guess to get out. Well, I already did, Wilson. I mean, I got as much here on the the. the the top here is I do the, the plate. Okay, this is the house payment or the house rent right here out of our pie. So our pie is getting smaller. Let me understand. Our pie is getting smaller because we paid the house payment or the house rent, one or the other. And uh, anyway, after the house payment and, and, uh, or the rent, then there comes utilities. And, and sometimes the utilities are pretty large. Yeah, that's better now. First one is the hardest. Okay, there's the utilities. We put the utilities over there. We got our, we got our light bill and our water bill. We can last for another month. And, and then, then we got the car payment. Ooh, sometimes it's pretty big. Yeah, I'm going to lose the pie. You're exactly right. You got it, Myrna. You understand the, you understand the demonstration here, don't you? 
I should have had somebody to do this for me. Anyway, here's the car payment. See, that was the house payment, and that was the utility, and this is the car payment. And let's say insurance, too. Car insurance and house payment. Let, let's put them both together, because I don't have but about a half a pile left, and I got a lot to go. And then you got to get the fuel for the car. You know, this day and time, fuel's not cheap. I know many of you not like me. I remember when it was 21 cents a gallon. Somebody said, you are you serious? I am. 21 cents a gallon. We used to go from we used to go from Cocoa, Florida to Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada on fifteen dollars wow. of gas. And the other ten was that that her mother would send us. She sent us twenty-five dollars to come home from Cocoa, Florida to Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Of course you know there was no stopping in motels. And we were young, so you just drive straight through. Anyway, what was I, 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 what was I paying for my gas? Hmm, yeah. And tolls, yeah, I got tolls. <laughs> got to pay for our tolls. Hmm. Wow. What? Tolls? Then you got repairs on your car. Something happens to the car and got to buy tires, you know, got to change the oil every few thousand miles. So you got, you know, huh? I'm doing the illustration. Um, Eve, hold on here. Hold on here, dear. You, you, you just help me out here now. Huh? Oh, groceries. That's a biggie, isn't it? Woo. Wow, groceries. Mm. Huh? HOA? Some do and some don't, huh? What about kids? Kids? Kids, yeah. School, lunches. <laughs> well, this pie's getting thin. Okay? Okay, school, clothes, and let's see, I didn't do clothes, but I did. Uh, oh, unexpected emergencies. And then there are medicines, and then there's cape. And then you didn't have enough to pay everything that, that went wrong or that you have in your life. There's just not enough. And so you're putting it off a week, or you're putting it off a month, or you're putting it off two weeks. But you see, what the Bible tells us to do is is different story. And I'm going to read to you. Uh, from the Bible and tell you, see what the Bible says in um, Malachi chapter 3 and, and verse, I'm going to start reading at verse 6. I, I'm not going to get through my message today, so I might as well just take my time here and, and quit when I quit and start again when I start again next week. But it says, I am, Malachi 3 and verse 6, I am the Lord, and I do not change. Now, I'm not done with my illustration, so hang in here with me. Hang in here with me. I'm not done with my illustration, so hang on. He said, I am the Lord, and I do not change. Isn't that good? That God does not change. We're the one that does the changing, but God's word's been spoken, and it can't 
be changed. No matter what season we're in, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, God's word cannot be changed. He said, therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers, well, somebody's calling. <laughs> I, I really ought to tell you that's a FaceTime call. Uh, so anyway, I just keep it up here so I can help watch my time on both of them. So anyway, yet for the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Now notice what he says. He's talking to the children of Israel, of course, and he said, uh, return to me and I will return to you. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said... Now, I, I'm just reading the Bible, folks. Don't, we, don't be saying that there's our pastor talking about money. I'm just reading the Bible. No, it's not the pastor. It's God. So don't blame this on me. Talk to God about it. And then he said, Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what, shape, in what way shall we return to you? In what way shall we return to you? And then he goes on to explain, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have you robbed me? And he answered, in tithe and in offerings. And boy, it went on to say, you're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. And see, the curse is, the curse is, you, you robbed the Lord and you didn't give him his part. So you used up the whole pie. You used up the whole pie and there's not enough to take care of all the expenses that you have. I mean, I see people all the time pray for this and pray for that and pray for this. Well, I, I, I know sometimes those people have told me, I'm not a tither, I'm not a giver. I know someone, I used to work for us and, and um, I went to him one time and I said, you know, we just looking over and I saw, see, see you've never tithed. And they said, well, my parents didn't, and we don't either, and so I don't see no need. I said, but you can take money from ministry, and you can be in the ministry, and you want to tell people what to do, and you want to preach, and you want to minister, but you don't want to do what the Bible says. See, this is hard for me to understand people that's not in ministry or in ministry. They can tell you what to do, but don't do it themselves. And we never do it because it's an obligation, we do it because the tithe is not ours. It's of God. But when you read the Scripture, and you fall in love with Jesus, I'm going to go to the sweet potato pie, Bible. Uh, I don't want to kill you. I don't want to kill you. Now, look at this. The first thing Pastor Sharon and I do no matter if it's big or if it's little, wherever it comes from, it doesn't matter where it comes from, we give God His tenth. This belongs to God, and we give this to God. And then, when we give this to God, this is our safety net. This is our safety net. This is for the protection of the whole pie. This is so the pie will be distributed in proportions 
to where it will bless us and bless others. So remember, the first part belongs to God. Oh, Barbara's wanting a bite of that sweet potato pie, I can tell. Now, anyway, I want you to look. I'm not going to cut this one up because you already seen the illustration. But this pie, God will bless the 90% of what is left. Are you with me? God will bless the 90% of what is left and make it produce and, and bring more back than the pie that you did not give to God. This one's all gone. There wasn't enough. We even, we even got the crumbs from, from this one and it still didn't make up. So what I'm saying to you from the word of God is if you put God first with your tithes, not your tithes, God's tithes. The Bible said the tithes are holy. The tithe belong to God. And so anyone that does not tithe, you're taking, you're taking a piece of God's pie and you're stealing a piece of God's pie. See, God gave you the pie, but you give him his piece first. And when you give it, and then, Barbara, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice a little bit of your pie here. And then the, the next thing you can do is give a good offering. You know, you may want to you may want to bless somebody in the church. You may want to do something in the church. You may want to uh, help somebody out or whatever. But look at this that's left. God will bless this more than this because this was cursed. It never met all of the needs. But He said, "I'll supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory." Now, you know. What did he say? He said, prove me. Only one of the first, only place that I remember in the Bible where it says, prove me. But the tithe, he said, prove me. You know, some people said, well, I'm going to try it for 90 days. Well, no, no, that's not, that's, that's not what we did. We made a lifetime commitment that we were going to tithe. And you know what? Because we made a lifetime commitment, God has always supplied our need. I mean, I can go back and remember when we used to have to sleep in the car. We used to have to clean up sometimes in gas stations, and I had to shave in gas stations. We had to uh, sponge bath in gas stations because we didn't have any money. You know, and I told you we went back in the early days, you know. Uh, my mother-in-law even sent us money to go from Florida to, to, to as I told you. But you know what? Mother-in-law's in heaven now and, and been in, in heaven. My parents have been in heaven, so I don't have no mother-in-laws or in-laws or anybody else to send me money I just have to trust God so we give God the first part of his pie and when we give him his first part he blesses the 90 to go and do more than the whole 100% or whole pie is anybody here somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise Woo. Now I got just a couple of more minutes and then, then, then we're going to then, then I'll go on. I'll just leave this pie up here and this way maybe some of you will be hungry or look at it long enough you'll listen to me. Now, learn to put God first in everything you do today. I said today. Everybody say today. He wants you to look at the moment. He wants you to look at the moment uh, without negativity 
and without fear. How much negativity and fear do you find yourself in sometimes in a moment when something's happening and going on? He knows, see Satan, Satan wants to get you, uh, uh, he, he wants to get you out of, of faith. Let me go back, and, and Psalms 118 verse 24 says, this is a day that the Lord has made I will rejoice in it. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He said, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now, he didn't say yesterday. Well, yesterday was today. Tomorrow will be today. But there's neither one here. Come on, help me out. See, yesterday, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I can't live in yesterday, but I'm living today and I'm pressing towards the mark, the prize, the high calling. When? When am I pressing? Today. When am I pressing? Today. When did he say rejoice? Today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. See, how many times have our days stolen how many times of our days are stolen and they're stolen not only today, but when it's stolen today, it's taken out of your future. Whatever you let be stolen today is taken from your future. So remember, don't sit around and feel sorry for yourself and have a party and cover up your head and say, I'm just going to give up today. Giving up today affects your future. Have I ever felt like that? Yes, I felt like just laying in the bed and covering up. I've never done it, but I felt like it. But you know what? I get out of bed, put my, you know, this one here. I don't know. Her, her eyes opens up. Boom! Gosh, I have never seen anybody get out of bed so quick. Their eyes open. You know. Uh, and she's uh, opening the blinds and then she's going to make coffee and then we come back and we pray and we read our Bible and all of that, you know. But say so we give him the first part of the day. Do you give God the first part of your day? So, well, I, I got to get up and get to work. Well, get up a little earlier. Yes. Or at night, at least at nighttime, if, uh, you know, if you're not so tired, give God some time. Yes. Now, Satan knows if he can hinder you and get off get you off course and get you making emotional, bad, or wrong decisions, today he knows it will affect your future. And I look back today and I look back at times that, well, I, I, I can remember mistakes and wrong choices and all of that, but I don't want to live in my mistakes and my wrong choices and all of that. You know, um, I was uh, speaking somewhere down in Florida, and uh, I, I said uh, to someone, I said to the, that group of people that was there, I said, I, I, I'm, I, do I have regrets? Of course I have regrets, but I don't live in the regrets. And they said, I really appreciate the way you framed those words, that you do have regrets, but you don't live in them. See, I've asked God to forgive me for whatever, but I realized I can't live there because if I live there, I can't live today. Amen. See, if you're in regrets, you're looking back still. You're looking back. Anybody that drives down the road like this has problems. 
big problems. You know, uh, you know, if you drive like this, you know, you know what's going to happen. So when you're in regrets, you're looking this way. When you're in regrets, and you're supposed to be looking this direction. God wants us to live today and rejoice in today and do what we need to do today. And when we do what we need to do today, Amen. we'll have a harvest yes. when it comes today, right. the next day. Yes. Stay faithful today and God will turn things around for you. And good will come no matter how bad it looks. See, I know from many, many experiences Peyton thought he had me given up, but the attack that he sent me only caused me to be more persistent. Yes. Yeah. I remember, you know, I, I don't remember how many hours I, I had flying at the time, but I already had my single engine and I didn't have my, um, I didn't have my uh, instrument rating yet and I didn't have my multi-engine rating and certainly hadn't been jet rated yet. But I remember, you know, when you're learning to fly a twin-engine plane on one engine, some people think it's just, just nothing to it. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, you're in big trouble, even though you've got two engines. You didn't know that? Well, I'm telling you. There's certain things you have to do. There's certain things you have to do if you've got two engines and you lose one. You can't just keep doing what you're doing. You've got to, there's a number of things you have to do to keep flying the engine on one, the plane on one engine. It'll fly on one engine. But you've got to know how to make that happen. Because if you lose a certain amount of speed and you get down to a certain, certain uh, speed, they call it velocity minimum control. In pilot language, it's VOC. Uh, so if you're flying along and you don't know what you're doing and you keep losing speed, that one engine will flip you upside down. So I don't think anybody wants to be in the airplane and be flipped upside down. Because if you get flipped upside down, the next thing is down. Anyway, when I was taking my training, uh, this guy named Terry, he was a great pilot. My goodness. I'm, I don't know if I've ever been around a pilot any any better than Terry. He was much younger than I was, but he was a great pilot. And we were in Atlanta. And I was doing these takeoffs, and on takeoff, he was teaching me how, if I lost an engine on takeoff, uh, what to do. And you know what? Something was going wrong in my brain. I couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. So Terry would grab the airplane, and he would get us some altitude and he'd go off and he'd start the engine and we'd come back and, and then, you know, we'd do a land and he said, okay, we're going to do it again. I said, well, what did I do wrong? Tell me what I did wrong. I said, you was yelling so much when we were up there. I said, he said, well, I didn't want us to crash. <laughs> I said, well, your yelling only made me more nervous. So, you know, we, we come back again and of course, you know, we got I had to do ground control and then the tower and get permission to take off. Here we went again. He shut an engine on me. Well, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. And he looked at me and he said, if you're not going to learn how to fly this thing, get you somebody else because I'm getting tired of this. 
said, you just can't get it, can you? Oh, that was the wrong word to say to Don Clowers. You can't do it. <laughs> that was the wrong thing. I remember we were in Atlanta. Now, we weren't at, we weren't at Hartsfield, but there's another little airport. Uh, we could have been, but it's too busy. But I, I forgot the name of that airport now. I flew in and out of there a lot of times. But I remember calling ground control and giving them my tail numbers and, and telling them what I wanted to do and which, uh, and then they vectored me to a certain uh, runway and they said cleared for takeoff. So I talked to the tower and well, the tower said cleared for takeoff. So I took off. And I remember I was watching my airspeed and so forth, but before Terry could pull the engine, I pulled the engine. I became my own teacher, which wasn't very smart. <laughs> and you know what? What are you, he screamed, what are you doing? It's too early. I don't do this till we get to a certain altitude. I said, well, what if I lost the engine at this altitude? He said, well, do it. Do it, smart aleck. <laughs> so smart aleck just does everything I need to do, fixes everything, and I keep my altitude and I keep climbing on one engine and I don't, I don't lose my, my, uh, my airspeed. I, I lost some, of course, but I didn't need, and I knew how and what, how to angle the airplane. And we got up to a certain altitude and I had requested, you know, to come back around. And uh, they were giving me permission. And so we was coming back around. I started up the engine. And then I talked to the tower and got approval to land. So I landed. He said, now I know how people in your seat feels. He said, you scared the devil out of me. I said, I hope so. He said, why? Why? Did you do that? I said, because you told me I couldn't. <laughs> so, I, I want you to realize, when the devil tells you you're never going to be anything, you can't afford to tithe, you can't afford to give, whatever Satan tells you, just go ahead and show him you know what to do. Yes. See, for some reason, it wasn't sticking in my brain to do the takeoff on one engine. Some reason, I, I, it wasn't sticking. But once he told me, I couldn't do it. My memory got really good. And I decided that I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And, and when I did, I said, you want to do it again? He said, no. I said, well, you know, I got to do another practice run before you can send me up with the FAA. So because, see, you got to take a, you got to get a FAA person that's qualified. He was not. He was just my teacher. So, you know, I said, before I do it, before I fly with the um, FAA inspector, I said, I want, I want to do this again. He said, well, I'm pulling the engine this time. And then, then he said, and then we'll fly away from the airport and you start it back and then I want to pull it in the air. I want to I see how you do and all. Well, 
here we go. We're in Atlanta. We take off, and, and uh, he pulls the engine. Well, you know what? Just as calm as I am right now, I do what I need to do, make the adjustments, you know, and I fix the prop to where the props to where it's not a drag. Well, they're going to be a drag, but, you know, you fix them to where they break the wind instead of uh, uh, stopping you and slowing you down. But anyway, fixed the props, and I took off. We got up there, and he said, okay, start your engine. I started the engine. We're flying along, and we're just talking away, you know. And he said, man, I'm really proud of you. You're really good. You're really ready for your check ride now. And all at once, he pulls my engine. Well, when he pulled the engine, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. But you know what? I just did what I needed to do. Now, I'll give you all that history. And I'm going to stop now. I'll give you all that history to tell you when Satan attacks. You've been taught the word to know what to do today. Not wait a week. Don't wait a month. Don't wait two months. Really, when it comes down to it, today is all we have. Is that right? But it all comes down, today is all we have. You know, we all have had the flu, I guess. We've all had sickness of some kind, and sickness comes. Well, when sickness comes, it's not easy. It's not easy to do the right thing. But don't let yourself get negative when you're sick. I mean, you feel bad. I know Pastor Sharon this past week, she's been uh, overcoming and doing some things, you know, and... Uh, uh, not feeling good, but she didn't stop doing the things that she needed to do of having a good attitude and being positive and speaking the word of faith. Even when she felt bad, you know, uh, I could see it in her face, I could see it in her eyes, I could see it in the way she was moving, because she moves. Trust me. I mean, you know, last night I was brushing my teeth, she's cleaning the mirror in front of me while I'm brushing my teeth. I thought to myself, I can't even brush my teeth. I can't even finish. Y'all think I'm telling one, don't you? Y'all think I'm exaggerating. I'm right in the middle. I mean, we got two sinks, you know. She's got one and I got one. But I'm brushing my teeth, you know, just going to town. And all at once, she's on the side over here, my mirror, cleaning the mirror. And then she walks around to the other side, and she starts cleaning the mirror over there. And I thought, I mean, I hadn't mentioned it until right now. I don't know what I'm going to get when I get home. but, But I thought... How can I rejoice <laughs> when I can't even brush my teeth without she cleaning the window, the mirror? Y'all think I'm stretching it, don't you? I'm not stretching it one bit. And then there's a mirror on the wall, and, and, she, and I'm standing there, and there's this much room over there, and she's cleaning the mirror on the wall. Just makes me want to eat some sweet potato pie. I hope somebody got something out of this today. Amen. Well, let's pray. And I want all of you to stand and, and the people that's watching. I, I, I want everybody. Let's, let's pray. And if any, anybody got any special needs you want me to pray about today? Anybody got any special needs? Well, I want us to go to prayer right now and I want to 
pray over you. Yes, sir. Oh, I fractured my back, and you know, I'm having pain in my uh, in my legs. You fractured your back, and you're having pain in your legs. Okay, let's just believe God right now. Father, you're the healer. You're the deliverer. You're the miracle worker. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to go through his body where the problem is, this fracture is, that causes the pain and this part in his stomach. Let the healing virtue of Jesus Christ, let the healing virtue of Jesus Christ go through his body right now. Come on and believe God with me right now. If any of you are in pain right now, believe God while I pray for him. Any of you watching, if you're in pain right now, just believe the Lord. I'm just, I just feel like holding my hand here for a moment. I just feel like holding my hand. Lord, let, let that impartation take place right now. Let that impartation, come on, everybody, let that impartation take place right now. Come on, everybody, believe God. I, I, I sense something going into your body. I sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit going into your body right now. Ooh, something's happening right now. Something's happening right now. I believe it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Now you go out of here and don't give in to anything except I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen, amen. Anybody else? Come on down, come on down. Oh, bless you. You know, when we bring things to God, that, that, that's where they should go. She just asked me to pray over some things that's going to be happening tomorrow. And it doesn't only involve her. And you know, what, what better place to take them than Jesus? And see, we don't, as I said, we don't come to church out of obligation. We come because we want to worship. We want to get the Word and we want it to work in our life. Father, I pray over this situation that number one, that tomorrow she's, she is a light in darkness. I pray, oh Holy Ghost, Folks, I do. I, I sense the Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I sense the Holy Ghost. God, you give Cindy wisdom. Wisdom. And Lord, I just believe she's going to be a light. I believe she's going to shine in the midst of the darkness. She's going to shine in the midst of the darkness. I believe it, Lord. Oh, <laughs> And God, give everyone their wisdom. Give everyone their wisdom. 
peace and let it be smooth sailing. Let it be smooth sailing. And let her just rest in you. Go expecting everything to turn out better than planned. And minister right now in this other request too. And the other request that she mentioned, Father, grant that too. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on and give God praise. Something's happening right now. Something's happening. You're going to be a light. You're going to be a light in the darkness. You're going to be a light. You're going to be wisdom. You're going to be wisdom. You're going to be wisdom. Words of life are going to come out of you. Actions of godliness and holiness and truth is going to come out of you. Thank you, Father, for being with her and with everyone involved. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to agree that this thing's past. This infection is past. Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you that there's no more infection in her body. God, we just agree. We speak life that there's no more infection in her body, but she is cleared of this infection right now. And she gets back to normal today, today, today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Yes. Huh? What happened? I slipped at work Thursday on right in here. You slipped at work and. Oh, yes, I slipped. Oh, did you fall? Yes, I did. Oh, and you've had pain in your leg ever since? Come on, everybody, let's believe God for healing. And you that are home or wherever you are and you're watching, let's believe for your healing while we pray with Gina. Father, we just speak healing over Gina. Whatever happened in this, whatever happened in this, I just ask right now that healing will go through her body. The pain will be removed because the problem is removed. Remove the problem. Now healing comes and there's no more pain. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone that is suffering, that has a condition in your body, if you've got loved ones that are lost, I pray over those loved ones. I pray healing in your body. Come on, somebody right now is watching that needs healing in your body. There's healing in your body right now. Healing in your body right now. Yes, healing. I feel it, folks. Come on, I feel it. I feel it. You say, what do you mean you feel it? Well, it's it's an expression. It's an expression. Uh, The word feeling. I, I just sense the anointing of God going out to every one of you in the room. You've been going through a depression. If you've been going through an oppression or a depression, I break it off of you right now. If you've been going through a, a, a depression or, a, or a oppression, in Jesus' name, I break it off. If you got a business deal about to happen, let it be, 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 let it be. God, just let wisdom, anointing, glory flow right now. Right now, right now. Go ahead, Rosa, and sing that. Lead us in that. Jesus. Jesus.
Jesus Christ in our life. <clears throat> Anybody here in the room <clears throat> or you that's watching by internet, if you're not right with God, your relationship is broken, you've just quit and give up. I want us all to pray this prayer together. Dear Lord, I come to you now. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, forgive me of my wrongs. I make you Lord of my life. Jesus, you are Lord of my life today. Today, I will serve you. I worship you. You are my Savior, my Deliverer, my hope, my peace, my future. You are my everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Well, our folks here, you that's watching by the internet, I don't even have to ask them to bring their tithes and offering. They've already done that five minutes ago. So why don't you at home be like the ones here without being asked? We still like about $300, I think, on getting both computers. We get in the bigger one. We don't have it yet. We got the smaller one. We got enough money for that. And then we got pledges that I believe that's going to come in, but we like about $300, I believe it is. Uh, well, that's in pledges. We haven't received uh, enough, near enough yet to get it. But we need this other computer very badly to be able to do what we need to do to be able to broadcast and then when we get the new one, 
will be going live on YouTube. Now we put this on YouTube later, but once we get this other computer, we'll have enough whatever it is that we need because we can't go live on YouTube. We don't have enough in our control room to do so. But when we get the bigger computer, we'll be able to go live on YouTube on Sundays and Tuesday nights. And this way, let just come in. We'll just put it on the card and just trust that everybody's going to do what they're going to do. And, and then when the 30 days comes in, we'll have all the money to pass. Uh, we can go ahead and get this other computer without waiting. Uh, Till all the pledges come in, we'll just put it on the card and just trust that everybody's going to do what they're going to do. And, and then when the 30 days comes in, we'll have all the money to pass. Come in, we'll just put it on the card and just trust that everybody's going to do what they're going to do. And, and then when the 30 days comes in, we'll have all the money to pass. Amen. So if God's talking to